Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Welcome back everyone to the Hope Believer Podcast. This is episode 2. You are welcome guys. Um, we've been looking at the topic, who is a Hope Believer, um, for about a week now. This is the second week here by the part 2 of the topic, who is a Hope Believer. I'm excited and I'm happy and I know God is going to use us in a very mighty way even as this message is still progressing. I want to thank everyone for listening. If you haven't listened to episode 1, please, you can kindly go back and catch up before you listen to this one because we are going to be building. Alright, so episode 1 was the foundation. So for a better understanding, if you are just listening to us for the very first time, um, you can go back and listen to episode one, which is the part one of this message for a better understanding. Welcome, everyone. Um, I'm glad, I'm very, very glad, and I know that God will help us to journey today through the path of knowledge. Hallelujah. So, um, highlights of last week, highlights of the part one. Um, we defined what it means to be woke, what it means to be a believer. We brought the two terms together and we've been defining okay, who a woke believer is according to definition. And um, this week, um, we said we're going to look at the characteristics of a woke believer. Now we are going to look at who a woke believer is by characteristics, by fruits, by materials. So we've passed the definition. Now we are going to look at the features, the characteristics, the materials of a world believer. What is that thing you project as a world believer? So we talked about a lot of things last week. Um, we said how it's important to have a relationship with God, which is the very first characteristic we'll be looking at today. That's the very first characteristic we'll be looking at today. Of who a world believer is all right so lord help us today lord help us lord help us amen um i closed uh, last week by giving us a story about someone i know that declared his religious belief of being a pagan one who believes in the existence of god but you know has not given his life and received that life that life of christ he just believes in the in the concept okay i know a god exists i know um the world was not formed by revolution i know there's a creator but i don't know him i don't follow him i'm not in a relationship with him i've not received salvation so, and we said there are a lot of Christians that are like that. There are a lot of believers in quotes who uh, know God, but they don't really have a relationship with God. Some have not even received salvation because it's not about who your parents are. It's not about the fact that you grew up in church. Salvation is not inherited. We said that before. It's not, you are not saved because you grew up in church because your father is a pastor or your mother is a pastor, or you were born and raised in the church, it's beyond that. You need to know God for yourself. It's a personal journey. 
all right so by the time you've grown to understand certain things you must be able to say okay lord come into my life i believe that you died for me and you resurrected and i believe your blood speaks for me and i accept you as my savior and as my redeemer to take control of my life so there are some believers who even if they've received salvation even if they've received salvation they don't really have or they claim they've received salvation they don't really have a relationship with god it's non-existent they don't speak to god god doesn't speak to them even if god speaks they are not sensitive enough in the spirit because their relationship is not so intimate so when god speaks they can't even hear god they don't even know when god is speaking and when god is not speaking because they are not intimate enough by the time you are intimate with god you are having a very close intimate relationship with god your sensitivity in the spirit will increase so you can hear when god speaks clearly clearly when you have no intimacy in your fellowship with god you won't hear god speak it's not as if god will not speak god may be speaking to you he may not speak but he may be speaking to you sometimes but you may not be able to hear it because there is no intimacy and when there is no intimacy there is no sensitivity in the spirit so you can't hear a thing you are deaf in the spirit you can't hear there's no discernment there's nothing you are just using your own cognition so we are going to look at the very first characteristic or the very first feature of a woke believer a true believer you must have a relationship with god when you've carried out the salvation tra- um transaction the salvation transaction like we said you give your life to christ and you then receive the life of christ okay according to galatians 2 verse 20 so you give your life once you've given your life you then receive the life of christ as a believer the life that you live is not your own it's the life of the son of god it's the life of christ that has been given to you to live to express hallelujah so when you've carried out that salvation transaction the next thing you begin to brood is your salv- is your relationship with god after you carry out the salvation transaction you begin to walk with God in the spirit. Now, it is impossible to to brood, to grow a relationship with God without the spirit. So when you receive salvation, you then begin to walk with God. You journey with God. You journey on the path of Christ, on the path of righteousness. In the spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that helps us to know to know the way of God, to, to know the way of the Lord, that teaches us the paths of God. So it is in the spirit that you begin to journey in your relationship because it's not by our own power it's not by our wisdom it's not by our own cognition it's not by our own skills it is by the spirit so we must subject ourselves to the spirit like i said in episode one we must all subject ourselves to be students of the spirit it is the spirit that will teach us the ways of god so by the time you give your life to christ and you've accepted his life you then begin to walk on the path of righteousness that is starting to brood your intimacy and your relationship with him it is impossible to please or to serve god without faith according to hebrews 11 verse 6 and it is impossible to please god without faith anyone who comes to him must believe that god exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him that's hebrews 11 verse 6 new living translation luke 10 verse 27 love the lord with all your hearts now it is in the process of your relationship you must love you must love that is it you must love god with all your heart 
with all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself that is luke 10 verse 27 so for you to have a successful relationship with god you must love god with all your heart your heart must not be divided in your work with god in your relationship with god your heart must not be divided you must set your heart your whole heart on the lord it must be set on him and with all your soul that's your being with everything that you are and with everything you have your soul that is your being you are giving it to god you are lord i love you my soul i'm giving you my soul my being all of my being i love i use it to love you lord and with all your strength that with everything that you can do with your strength you love the lord and with all your mind now there are a lot of ways we can break down this scripture on the interpretation of the heart what your soul means what your strength and your mind means but because of time because i don't want the podcast episodes to be exceeding 15 to 20 minutes we'll break it down as easy as we can so things like this will form up another topic coming episodes but let's just break it down as easy as we can now with all your heart it means all your emotions god must have the best of your emotions you must have the best of everything everything that you have emotionally you must invest your emotions on god we know that when we are talking about love it is beyond emotions anyway but it is a first step giving your emotions all of your emotions to god no matter the emotion that you are feeling you still love god even if you are angry even if you are sad your love is still on God. Your emotions must not, even if your emotions are not um, in line, maybe you may be sad some days, happy some days, um, you know, feeling depressed and worried some days, but you still love God. Lord, even in my sadness, I still love you. I am sad for a couple of reasons because I feel some things are not going right, but I still love you, Lord Jesus. So that's with all your emotions. When you are happy, you love God. When you are sad, you love God. When you are feeling depression or anxiety, you still love God. Amen. And with all your soul, with your being, you love God. You have given Him your soul. And now that your soul is with God, you can't unlove Him. You can't unlove Him. In the, in the place of deep intimacy with God, you can't go back. You can't go back. You can't go back on... And your love for him and with your strength and with your mind that's your thoughts and your cognition a lot of us love god but we don't think according to the line of the word of god that's not true love that's not true love we claim to love god oh i love you but your thoughts your cognition your and uh, your cognitive um, projections they are not in line with the word of god the way you think the way you project what think your philosophies are not in line with the word of god and as a believer you must bring down every thought that you have that is against the word of god and again you must love your neighbor as yourself your relationship with god actually an intimate relationship with god it must be reflected in the way you treat people like the bible says can one say um you love god and you hate your brother how can you love god who you've not seen and hate your brother who you see it's impossible so your relationship with god your intimacy with god must reflect in the way you treat your neighbor you can't say you love god or you are intimate or you're in an intimate relationship with god and it is not reflected in 
your relationships with men love your neighbor it doesn't matter who your neighbor is love and when you love you have the 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 plan to bring that neighbor to salvation so even if your neighbor is not a brethren when i mean brethren is not of the same faith with you you must love hatred is a big no for um a christian especially when it comes to your neighbors you can hate sin yes but when it comes to hating people hating your neighbor hating your fellow humans it's a very big no for a christian especially for one who is in an intimate relationship with god you must tell yourself i am ready to love my neighbor it doesn't matter if my neighbor is persecuting me even if your neighbor happens to persecute you you love your neighbor it is an unconditional love like the way christ loves us even as we are sinners he died for us he gave his life for us that kind of love you must extend to your neighbor even if your neighbor is the one in quotes killing you persecuting you you must love your neighbor so it is out of a place of deep intimacy with god that you are able to love whosoever even your enemies your enemies are your neighbors if it's out of a place that's why i don't really blame people who um who pray against their enemies per se it's not easy it's out of a place of deep intimacy with god that you are able to still look at your enemy somebody you know it has been confirmed that this person is your enemy and still show love to him, like the way christ did so for you to be able to do that you need to be in a place of deep relationship and deep intimacy with god you need to drown in the waters of intimacy you need to just drown lord take me to the waters of intimacy let me drown there it takes a lot it takes a lot and it's very important that in our relationship with god how we tend to spark that relationship is by joining in his word and in prayer it is impossible to brew the relationship with god especially an intimate one without being lost in his word you can't have an intimate relationship if you don't study your bible if you don't pray now let's look at Jeremiah 29 12 to 13 then you will call on me and come to pray to me and i will listen to you you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart now relationship coming together okay like when we say a relationship a relationship is more like a mutual agreement for two people to come together now you cannot say you are in a relationship with god if you don't even come to him at all you don't come to him in the place of study you don't come to him in the place of prayer so how then are you in a relationship with god these are questions we need to ask ourselves you need to be able to call on god pray every time you have something that's bothering you pray you don't have anything that see a lot of us limit prayer to when we are in trouble it's when we now have a body in our hearts or we have a problem or we have difficulties that's when we remember god as a last resort and god is not supposed to be our last resort he's there in our times of trouble yes but it's not supposed to be our last resort it's supposed to be our all so a lot of us have cultivated the habit of going to god as a last resort when all is well with you things are going fine you don't pray you forget that god even exists you are just doing your own it's when there is a stumbling block on the way oh my i have a father in heaven let me go and pray let me go and fast let me go and study start reciting all the psalms it's not done that way even in the good times even in the bad times even when you've received your answers to pray, even if that thing that you have been believing god for even when you've received it you still have to pray you still have to talk to him so a lot of us like i said we've cultivated the habit of praying only when things are tough 
by the time things are now good, maybe God has answered our prayer, God has shown up in our situation, we forget until we move on to the next level and there's another problem. So you can't claim to be in an intimate relationship with God if your prayer life is not on fire. And when I mean prayer life, I don't mean warfare prayers. I don't mean that. Warfare is just a type of prayer. Though we'll be looking at that in four episodes from now. But I don't mean warfare prayer. I mean your worship, your the life, the kind of life that you live, yes. And whenever you pray, because we know there are different types of prayers here. So I'm not just restricting it to warfare prayers. Prayers of adoration, where you just you go on your knees and you don't have a prayer point you don't just ask god for anything but you are just glorifying his name father i love you i bless you for who you are i give you thanks father i love you because you are god thank you for all you've done so start as if there's any prayer point it's just a prayer of worship and adoration you go down your knees you are singing songs you are singing psalms you are singing hymns you are singing spiritual songs blessing the name of the lord not requesting per se or trying to battle one thing that is against you so we must come to a place of intimacy that our prayer life is not just surrounded around warfare. It's not, hey, Lord, there is this thing that is stopping me. I command it to go down. I command the mouth of the enemy to be silent. Mm. Your prayer life, prayer life is more than that. It's more than that. You need to know how to worship God in the place of prayer. Some of us claim to be prayer warriors, but it's only warfare prayers we are praying. You don't take your time to reverence God in the place of your prayer. It takes it takes a place of deep intimacy to actually foster this habit of adoring God in the place of prayer, not just requesting all the time or going to God as last resort. And you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your heart. Yes, some of us actually cheat on God. Yes, we know the concept of relationship and all those things. It's possible maybe you are in a relationship with your partner or you are cutting your or your partner, somebody that you are, um, you are planning to get married to. We know all these things. It's possible to cheat on your partner because your heart may be divided. The way um, some people tend to cheat on their partners, we cheat on God like that. How do we cheat on God? We cheat on God simply when our heart is divided. You claim to love God, but we still tend to mingle and dance around sin intentionally i know there are some times that we sin because of a lot of reasons out of our desires okay but for some of us intentionally we've not submitted ourselves you know that thing that is making you sin you've not submitted yourself in the place of prayer that god should take this thing away from you a lot of us are guilty of that we know this thing is causing us to sin but i've really gone down on our knees or whatever posture we use in praying i say god this thing it's making me sin it's making me cheat on you it's dividing my heart don't forget the bible says all your heart you must love him with all your heart so a lot of us are guilty of cheating on god because our hearts are divided we claim to love god and we still have this all this sin all these habits habits of sin it's not bad to have habits but when these habits are sinful in nature they now cause a kind of projected idolatry. That's when it's a problem. So we know these things that are sinful. We know our sinful habits and desires. But have we been able to take out different prayer postures and say, Lord, this thing, take it away from me. It's making me sin. It's making me cheat on you. That's Those are questions we are supposed to ask ourselves. And I know by virtue of this message that the Holy Spirit is bringing confirmation in our hearts and is giving us the will 
to work with him accordingly. We must be able to be steadfast. We must be steadfast in our relationship with God. It's a must. It's a must. We must love him with our whole heart. If whatever it is that is taking your time, that is not allowing you to focus on God, that is not making your prayer life to be on fire. Your prayer life may even be on fire, but your character, how you treat people, your interaction with people may be flawed. You may be on fire in the place of prayer. Yes, you may be on fire. Do ten hours journey, 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 journey. Speak on the tongues. But when you now leave that your prayer altar, how do you interact with people? Do you possess or manifest the fruits of this, this of the spirit? Do you have joy? Do you have peace? Are you meek? Are you humble? How do you interact with people? Do you look down on people? Are you rude? Do you have what people will call a nasty character? So whatever it is that is making you sin, you, your prayer life may be on fire and you may still be living a life of sin. So whatever it is that is going on with you, we should be able to go down on our knees and say, Lord, take this thing away from me. That is the focus. That is the focus. To brood a very, very intimate relationship with God. Our sinful desires must be nailed to the cross. Amen. Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now we know it is impossible to please God without faith, yeah? And for us to have faith, for this faith to be built on us, we must constantly hear the word of God. We must constantly study. Some, some of us pray but don't study. Some of us study but we don't pray. It needs to be balanced. It needs to be balanced. We need to balance these things. So for our faith to be strengthened, we need to consume ourselves with the word of God in frequent study. I'll close out by giving a story. I'll close out by giving a story. Um, like I said before, in loving God, we must love God with all our hearts, all our soul, and our mind, meaning our thoughts, your philosophies, your projections, your mental projections. How you love God with those things is that you think according to how the world, how, how the word of God says. The, the word of God is your touch light. If you want to think or if you want to project or if you have personal philosophies, they must be in line with the word of God. That's how you love God with your mind. Your thoughts are with him, not against him. You think according to the line of scripture, not according to how the mainstream media or the world sees it. So I'll close out by saying this. We must be able to love God with everything that we are. Our thoughts, our emotions, our movements, our projections. And as a believer, there is no taking away the word of God from your view on issues. Whatever standpoint that you have and you are trying to project, even if it's not a religious issue, maybe a secular issue, whatever your comment or your stance is on societal issues, it must be in line with the word of God. There is no taking away scripture. Okay, I'm a Christian. But let's take away scripture now. No. 
as a believer we've already talked about this you have to love god with your mind your mental projections your thoughts your philosophies your views so whatever your standpoint is on issues secular issues now let it be in line with the word of god whatever your take is on relationship business friendships just name any secular issue we must make sure it's in line with the word of god that is true love you can't say i'm a christian but i want to take scripture away this time and deal with it according to what or how i feel about it the word of god is always superior to our emotions the word of god is always superior to our emotions it's there to guide us for a reason we must be able to subject ourselves these things I say the words I say may not be so easy. That's why I said we must subject ourselves to the Holy Spirit in your place of prayer tonight. Or whenever you pray, always make it a prayer point. Lord, I subject myself. Holy Spirit, teach me. Guide me. I subject myself. I subject myself. Help me. It's not easy living in this world and you know submitting yourself totally to the Holy Spirit. Especially when we have emotions and we have influences here and there. That's why we must all subject ourselves to be students of the school of the Spirit. And that makes things easy. Amen. I know that God has helped us today. God has helped us in a mighty way today and God will continue to help us. In our next episode, we'll be looking at another characteristic, which is submission of wills and desires. A woke believer is one who has submitted his wills and his desires to God. You have no will of your own or your desires. You submitted them at the feet of Christ for his will to be made perfect. Amen. And I know that the Holy Spirit is already bringing confirmation and the willpower to act according to his word. For those of us hearing my voice today. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for today. We thank you for giving us the grace to journey through your world. We thank you for your spirit that is only bringing confirmation. Thank you for the power to not just be hearers, but to be doers of your word, to walk in faith, because without faith we can't please you. Thank you because you are molding us in the shape and in the image of that life of Christ. Thank you because we are blessed spiritually, we are blessed materially, our life is in your hands and the enemy cannot snatch what is in your hands. Thank you because you are bringing, because you are surely bringing us to perfection in your word and we are righteous in you. Thank you Father for your grace, thank you for your love. In Jesus name, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys next week. Be blessed.